Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. So I've got something that I think will surprise you. Okay. This week, we were talking in the office about Andrew Cuomo. Yep. And how everyone says, oh, he should step down. And I said, wait a minute. And I don't like the guy. I don't know the guy. And But whatever, you know. And I'm like, wait a minute. What happened to innocent before proven guilty? True. And so I said, well, really what it should be is he should be stepping down. With right. pay, like on a leave. Right, right? until the investigation is yeah, over. Exactly. And I said, you know, probably the person we should all be thanking for this is, like, who we, like, desensitized all this, Bill Clinton. None of your female staffers were in the office, were they? No, this was a private conversation. Right. But no, seriously, like, pretty much he gave a pass to all men. How? Because no matter what you do, you can look at your wife and say, Bill Clinton, I'm still hitting you. It worked for A-Rod. You know what just happened. A-Rod basically cheats on J-Lo and she goes, dude, we're done. And he looks at her and goes, at least I'm not Bill Clinton. And then she's like, huh, you know what? You're right. It was just FaceTime. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation. I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. So today's show, we've actually been trying to keep shows to one topic. It keeps us more focused. I've kind of got two today, though. Us more focused or you more focused? Well, if I'm more focused, you're more focused. No, not true. So two things. I was watching uh, the news this morning, or whatever you want to call it, Fox. Uh, so every morning, just because we have listeners from everywhere, I suppose. Every morning, I read CNN. Yep. New York Times, and yep. then watch or listen to Fox Business. Correct. And, to, and you try to read the articles to me while I'm trying to get ready for work. Yeah, you're really bad to talk to in the morning. I like my quiet time until I've had my coffee. Even then, you're not very nice. No, my employees love me. I've had coffee by the time I talk to them. See, the fact that you just called them my employees, you're like a 1960s male. Even Bill Clinton can't save you, but we're going to move on. So... <laughs> wow. Okay. Right. Okay. I couldn't find the video of it, but mm -hmm. I found the article. So tell everyone what it is. Um, it says, uh, Zoom Escaper plugin lets you escape boring Zoom meetings. Here's how. So what's it do? 
it like makes noises and stuff so you can get out of meetings which i'm sorry but a dog barking in the background like at this point you're so far into the pandemic you should have that handled yeah, by now i think it was a dog a baby but it can even blur out your make your audio start going in and out i'm assuming it will like uh like make it look like you're losing your right. feed yeah i'm assuming it'll also mess with your video okay so Here's the problem I have with it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a cool idea. It's funny, but we've got maybe once. But there's so much of our generation, as we've discussed in previous shows. Now, you know that's the largest living generation now. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole everyone's. I, I heard somebody the other day say, you know, work life's never going to be the same. I don't agree with that. I think businesses open back up and in person work happens again but there's people who think that this whole remote thing is here to stay forever basically um i think to a degree everything opens back up but i don't think like the mega companies that have 400 employees sitting behind a desk answering a phone and typing on their computer all day are going to open to the degree that they used to be i think it'll be more of like an in-between or a hybrid right but I'm, and I've, I've ranted about this before. I'm telling you right now, if you're one of those people who are like kind of a call center style person. You're going to get phased out eventually anyway. Yeah. And this is just, you know, accelerating that. Mm-hmm. And because you're dehumanizing your work. But anyhow, you start to do this and even more so it's becoming, it'll be, why not just phase them out? Right. I mean... Cool. It's funny, but you have to be careful on what you do and what you ask for. Right. And what you're doing when you do that, what you're asking for to go remote is basically saying, I want my employer to value me less. I'm sorry, but that's the way I see it. Right. And if if you have three Zoom meetings in a week and pretty much then can do whatever you want and you want to try to opt out of said Zoom meeting for whatever reason, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to probably be more strict on that as an employer. Well, and I, and I don't know, because you and I aren't in that type of workforce. Maybe some of these people are having five in a day. I really True. don't know. I but- mean, I guess my brother-in-law spends almost all day, every day on a computer and on conference calls and stuff. Yeah, but that's because he likes to play Minesweeper. Okay, it's <laughs> not true, and I'm pretty sure he'll drown you in the pool the next time he sees you. No, because I've got about 80 pounds on him. Right. <laughs> and speaking of that, do they even have Minesweeper on computers anymore? I kind of feel like they I have no idea. So That was a good game. Yeah. You could waste hours on that thing. I know. But whatever. My point, just as a point of caution, I guess, is... We have to, especially this, our generation, but even, you know, any generation, I suppose, you've got to be careful with this remote work mm-hmm. because I just believe that when you're not there, you won't have as good of a relationship with your supervisor and your employer. Right. You don't really have, I mean, you're not talking about day-to-day things. As what, like, you're not developing that side relationship mm-hmm. with people. Like, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't know half of the stuff that I know about the people that I work with if we were just on a quick Zoom call. Yeah, if there was no water cooler. Right. Um, and that matters. I, as an employer, and I've talked to your dad about this, I've talked to a lot of small business owners about this. 
I have employed people that I should have let go far faster because I like them as a person. And I root for the negative behaviors they show on the on the job. Mm-hmm. It's like I want them to change those more than they want to change those. Well, correct. And it's really hard when you, it's not just another cog in the machine. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not supervising 50 people who you kind of do like you probably know what their dog's name is but right. you don't you know what I mean? You, I'm with you. When you don't have the relationship you're more of an I'm not saying you're a number. I'm saying you're more of a number. You're more like a number. You're less connected. You're easier to fire. Correct. It's you're easier to is. let go if I don't know that much about you and we haven't established really that close of a relationship. Yeah. I'm not going to see you on my Facebook feed. I guess I won't anyway because I don't use it. But I'm not going to see you on Facebook. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to walk by your empty desk. But those things matter. Right. And so maybe you're listening and you're one of these people that are going to be a work from home forever. That's cool. But you need to find ways to connect like on a human level then, because here's the reality, and I hate this. I hate it about the industry I'm in, and I hate it that the world works this way because I'm a very math-oriented individual. Mm-hmm. In the end, though, people, Andrew Carnegie said this 100 years ago, people do business with those they know, like, and trust. Right. And it's hard to trust somebody you don't know or like. Right. Which kind of basically means... They do business with people they know and like. Correct, because both of those leads to trusting said person. Well, I think the know and like are important because I'm thinking of an employee that we kept on for a long time that I knew and I really liked, but I did not trust. If you were going to say, hey, they get this job that you're going to give them right here, right? And they get it correct. They Do they do everything flawlessly? Do you trust them with your business? Nope. Do you trust them with your most important client? Nope. Then why are you keeping them? They're not. They're gone. Right. But that person was a really good person. And I kept hoping that person would get better at what they did. And they weren't in a role that they were going to hurt, like, that it was going to make a huge impact on anyone. Right. But still. But I still didn't trust that if, if I needed something really important done, nope, they're not getting it. Right. So, again, be careful what we, that we wish for. Um... That's my little rant. When we come back, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to bring up an article I read on Market Watch about somebody who wrote in who wanted to retire early. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll give you maybe advice that's contrary to what most would think. Right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. Welcome back to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. Join us on Twitter that we haven't been on in a while. You know, I think I'm giving that to you. <laughs> Why? Because you should do it. You're really? Because I stuff. have enough on my plate as it is. I don't see anything on your plate. 
Oh, really? You've been trying to lose weight, so there's like nothing on your plate. Stop it. <laughs> At Fireproof Show on Twitter. Yeah, join us. You're going to sign me up for something else because you signed me up for this without talking to me. You're welcome. Uh-huh. You signed me up for stuff. Like what? You know, we're not doing this here. Okay. This isn't your area to vent things out. Really? Because you vent things out all the time. <laughs> so, I do have a funny story with this. Yeah. A couple months ago, our oldest and I came home and told you about somebody who had told us they were listening to the show. Yeah. And I don't know why. I'm just goofing around. And you asked, well, did they like it? I'm like, well, yeah, they find me hilarious, but they find you tolerable. Pretty sure you already told everybody this. And now for two months, your oldest, at every moment he can... <laughs> Tells me I'm tolerable. <laughs> all right. Now you all know what I live with. What? You know what? You're... Stop ringing the martyr bell. Anyways, so, back to the article that you read. All right. So here's an article I read on Market Watch. Why don't you walk us through it? Um, the title is, I'm 52, won't live past 80, and have 1.6 million. I'm tired of both rat race and workplace politics. Should I retire? First of all, I say you don't know that you're going to live past 80. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And I, and I see that as a fault a lot of people make that I meet with or that we deal with at, in our office that people say, I'm never going to make it to this point. And maybe, maybe I'm biased. All of my grandparents are still alive and they are all in their mid-80s. Correct. That changes you. And they're in fairly decent health. Well, I mean, wouldn't it be true to say what you've gone through shapes what you think will happen? True. If every cat you ever met bit you... You'd hate cats. You'd think they all bite. Wait a minute. They do all bite. Okay. All right. So let's break down a situation. He says, I started working when I was 19. I've been saving half my salary since my mid-20s. Now I'm 52. I'm tired of both rat race and workplace politics. Feels even worth with virus. Um, here it is. It says, I've saved 800000 in trading, 800000 in my 401k, $300,000 in the house, um, and I've got six months worth of emergency emergency fund. So that's a good start. Right. The big part here is it says I can easily live on a $60,000 budget, which includes taxes, but often less than that. No one in my family has ever survived beyond 80 years old. Well, there's a first for everything. Well, and that's the thing. But on the flip side, who says you'll even make it to 80? I, you could argue it both ways. I mean... You could sit here and say every single person in my family has had heart problems and has died by the time they were 65 and you are somehow the miracle child in said family with an anomaly. Or, or you can sit here and say every single one of my family members has made it to 95 or 100 and then heart attack at 62. Like, Or you could also say all my families died at 65 of heart-related problems and therefore statistically speaking i'm going I, in at 55 to get stints put in regardless of if i have a bad heart and i'm unlikely <laughs> and, and what's the statistical probability that 100 percent of everyone will, in our family will die at 65 true so even if it's an 80 percent chance yeah now i have a really good chance if i'm looking at the whole right won't be me here's the question though we want to answer he asks, I just wonder if it's prudent to do so 
or should I keep slogging on another 10 years? So he wants to know, can I retire? I mean, I initially would say no, but at the same time, it's not my life. So if you want to retire, figure out how to do it. Exactly. So I go back to finance should be goals related. Mm-hmm. And if your goal at this point is saying, hey, I just want to be done, then you figure out how to align your actions with your goals. There's a couple of things that stand out to me here. Um, they say, I've been living on half my salary. That's an unusual trait. Right. So retiring at 52 is an unusual trait and takes discipline. Living on half your salary, unusual to re- or trait and takes discipline. So that kind of lines me to say, hey, maybe they have that kind of wherewithal and follow through. Right. The second thing that I go to is, so let's go talk about some rules of thumb in the industry. The rule of thumb that's been around for a long, long time was that uh, you could take 4% of your investments each year. Mm-hmm. But that was based on A, people being older when they retired. Okay. People not living as long, shorter life expectancies. Right. And three, much, much higher interest rates than what we have today. Now, Way f- higher. Four would look pretty good. That'd be 64000 Right. Most say it's closer to two to two and a half now. Two would only be 32000 which would fall within that half. Right. But what we wouldn't be considering is, hey, you know, in, in 10 years, so somewhere between 10 and 18 years from now, you'll take Social Security. So there's income. Right. They also put in here possibly being willing to work a gig economy. Mm-hmm. So maybe some Uber, some Lyft, doing the grocery shopping thing. Right. Just on the side for the heck of it. Now, if we bump up that withdrawal rate to two and a half, though, so let's see, that'd be 32 plus another eight. So it'd be, that'd be the 40. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, he said 60, but that'd be at 40. And that doesn't look too bad. No. Two and a half, a two and a half percent withdrawal rate wouldn't be that bad. Now, here are the issues we're going to run into. Okay. Okay. The first is going to be the, the biggest, the obvious one, healthcare. That's expensive. Um, some alternatives, though, look for maybe Christian healthcare ministries. If we didn't have insurance through your employer, that's quite frankly probably who we would use. Well, right, because when Obamacare originally came out and we looked into it just to get halfway different, decent coverage for a family of four at that time was like $10,000 a month. Right. It was ridiculous. And I want to say the Christian healthcare was, it's three units. So you got you, spouse, and then the kids were all one unit. And don't quote me on that. I don't remember anymore. But it was like 500 bucks a month. Right. And it was far better. Now, right, it's te- absolutely. It's technically not insurance. I, I don't want to spend today's show on that. Um, it, if you're in that predicament, it's worth looking up. Just Google it. And there's several, right? Um, but healthcare is a big one. Now, now, how could we, let's say they didn't want the Christian healthcare ministries. How could we try to get subsidies? Well, if we could keep income somewhere in that thirty to 40000 range in a lot of parts of the country, that would probably get us some decent-looking subsidies. Mm-hmm. What we also, I'm going to make an assumption here, is the the person writing in, he says, I've got 80, 800000 in a trading account. I'm going to take it that that means after tax. Okay. So if that means after tax, then you could use withdrawals from there and withdrawals from, well... Yeah, you're not going to want to withdraw from the 401k just yet. 
Right. So 401k does have rules that allow you to start taking it at 55, by the way, rather than the 59. And right, but if you can avoid it. Well, you'd want to avoid because you don't want to pay an early distribution penalty. Okay. So if we're taking from the trading account, as an example, um, some of that will be gains, but some of it's going to be the money they put in. Okay. So might be able to take $40,000 of income, but it only show up as 20000 on the tax return. Which is nice. Well, and why it's nice is not only does that lower the tax liabilities, but that would help us offset the health care. Hmm. So to me, this comes down to not so much should I, or is it prudent was the question. Is it prudent for me to do that? It's how important is it to you? Right, because if you are that sick of working, it's you have the power to make the decision whether you can do it or not. And it's just trade-off. I don't care that you've got 1.6 million. It, it, it's not more prudent or less prudent. Because what makes it prudent is saying, what is it you really, really want? And what are you willing to give up to do that? Mm -hmm. So if you really, really want to retire right now and you're willing to give up cable, just as an example, or you're willing to live in a yurt or you're willing to be an Airbnb, then who cares? Who are we to judge? Right. Goals-based investing. Let's take our last break, and I want to come back. Let's circle back to this and, and make sure we're not missing anything. United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel-friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It pays to check Muskegon first at united.com. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. It always goes by too quickly. Today, we are talking about an article from MarketWatch. Mm -hmm. It's titled, I'm 52, won't live past 80, and have 1.6 million, yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada was put in by me. Of course. <laughs> so is it prudent if you're 52 to retire? Or should you keep slogging? And this is not a math answer. It's the, a emotional answer, kind it's of. behavioral, exactly. It's what is important to you. Right. When we first got married, you wanted cable. Yes, and they've all heard this. You took out a calculator. Hold on, and said, time blah, out. Blah, blah, whoa, blah, whoa, blah, whoa, blah. whoa. Hey, let's pause the estrogen train here. <laughs> Excuse you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I <laughs> wow. I came up with that one a while ago. I've been waiting for a moment to use it. Okay. Was that a wrong time? Probably. Why? I'm hungry. Oh. Oh, so it had... Ooh, gotcha. All right. <laughs> here... <laughs> 
Not everyone has listened to all the shows. Is all I was trying to say. But I'll mm-hmm. make it quick. You want a cable. Yes. I asked you how much it was going to be. It was X amount. I put mm-hmm. it into the calculator for 40 years at 5% and what it represented based on your wages at the time. Do you remember? I don't remember how much. I had to work like 10 years or something. Three. It was just three. Oh. It was three years. <laughs> Seemed like a lot at the time. <laughs> 156 weeks. Mm-hmm. About a thousand days. Well, I guess not quite because it's five working days. So right. like 780 days. Okay. That's how much you were going to work for free to pay for cable. I would just like to point out to all of you that when Big Ten started playing, guess who got cable? No, 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 no. That was Hulu, and that was different. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. It, it, it's not different, but it is. How many years into our marriage was that? Three. What? Yes, You're three. saying when, like, the house right after living on the river? Yes, we had cable there. Wait a minute, we did. Hold on a minute. Yes, we had we cable did, there. but we didn't. It came with, they couldn't shut it off. We had internet, right. and we had, like, a basic cable. They couldn't shut it off. I'm I know they- pretty sure they could have. No, I know they couldn't, because they kept calling me once a month. And they're right. like- Mr. Markey, and this was, maybe I shouldn't say it, it was Charter at the time though. And they're like, would you like to add the basic cable program? I'm like, why? Will you get such and such channels? I'm like, well, does it cost anything? And they're like, well, yeah, it's nine bucks a month. I go, nope, I'm good. I kid you not, every month they'd call me, do you want to turn this on? They couldn't turn it off. Okay. The moment they, because the internet came through like the coax cable. Anyhow. So, point is, though, I said it's different, but it's not different. But it is because we're talking about you figure out what's most important to you. Well, right. If I decided I wanted to retire, I don't need cable. When, but when we were at that point in life, newly married, could we have afforded cable? No. Yes. I mean, marginally. But we would have given up something. Right. And whatever we would have given up wasn't more important to cable to us. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, you know, I do this all the time and look at somebody and go, well, in order to retire right now, you got to, your assets and social security and pensions, whatever it may be, you're short, short by, let's say 700 bucks. And they're like, well, what do we cut out? I don't know. What don't you need anymore? I tried to get rid of Bailey. You wouldn't let me. <laughs> that was a dog. But no, <laughs> I tell people... <laughs> You don't want to know what I would cut out because I absolutely, first thing I would do is get rid of cable. I'd get rid of cable, I'd get rid of eating out. But those things aren't important to me. Right. I don't like, on that standpoint, we still hardly eat out. It's expensive. And I, 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 you know what? I loathe, I loathe eating out. I hate it. Yes, I know you do because I've tried to go out once and it was like death stare mania and... I asked our staff about this. So we meant to get back to the article. It's not going to happen, obviously. Um, I asked our staff about this. Like, why do people like going out, out to eat? What, what was the response? The one that's... Like, they said, well, people serve us and no... They dish- don't have to cook. Yeah, which I don't mind. And they said, well, we don't have to do the dishes. I understood that one. Although we've got three kids and kind of... It's like, here you go. But the one that surprised me was they said... 
that it becomes more focused. The time becomes more focused on talking to that other person. Right. But I think that's where it falls off for us because we sit and have dinner every night at our table. Mm. That could be it. And we don't typically have our phones at the table. Because that just shocked me. I'm like, what do you mean that it's easier to have a conversation? I'm like, I go to a restaurant. It's the most distracting thing in the world. Because you have ADD and you need hearing aids. I'm not getting hearing aids. but <laughs> Anyways, back to the article. Well, I think we are still kind of on the article. It's saying that, is it prudent? Yes. If it aligns with your goals. If your goal is to retire at 52 then who cares that you can live on 60000 Right. If your assets can't substantiate 60000 and you really want to retire at fifty-two, then the real question is, what in my life do I have to get rid of to do this? Right. Do, do I move? Or like, or how, the question that should have been asked, if 52 is really, like if this is really a burning desire, the question should be, how much could I live on? How much could I withdraw from my assets and not worry about running out later? Mm -hmm. That's the question that should be asked. That would be a goals aligned or actions aligned with your goals. Right. So that's about all the time we have for today. It's always a pleasure. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. Till next week, we are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.